It was dark, late. A young man drove alone on a desolate mountain road. A low hum from the stereo was his only company. The glow of the headlights broke the darkness. He drove slowly. The road changed quickly with sharp curves. To his left was the mountain. To his right, little more than a foot or two of gravel and a steep drop below. The elevation climbed, his car climbed with it, and the young man wondered if he'd see her that night, the woman who sparked nearly a century of legends. He was about to give up. He'd been driving two hours already, so late in the evening the clock turned over to the next day. The last credible sighting was over 50 years ago. What made him think he'd get lucky and catch a glimpse of the woman in white? He saw a turnoff ahead and decided to pull over, stretch his legs, and call it a night. He chastised himself for this fool's errand. He should be home, sleeping. In just a few hours, he'd be up again, readying himself for work. In his mind, he saw himself telling the guys in the kitchen about his adventure along the Buckhorn Road, realizing there was no story to tell. There was no woman in white, at least not that night, wandering the mountains of Pennsylvania. The young man opened his car door, slid down onto the driver's seat. He started the engine and reached for his stereo, turned up the volume. He needed something to keep him awake for the ride back to his home on the other side of Altoona. He knew he was the only car on the road. He hadn't seen anyone else in close to an hour, but that didn't stop him from checking his mirrors. The side mirrors, the rear view. On the rare chance, there was another car as he pulled out of the turnoff. And there she was. The car had been empty except for him. He took this trip alone. There was no one else at the turnoff. No one to hop in the car and catch a ride. Yet there she was. A young woman with a pale dress. And an even paler face. Sitting in the back seat. Right behind him. It took barely a second for his mind to register what his eyes saw. He whipped his head around to look upon this figure, not in a reflection in his mirror, but look at her directly. And she slowly faded out of existence. While that's not an actual story from the legend of the woman in white of Buckhorn Mountain, it was inspired by the tale of a ghostly female form often seen along Buckhorn Road between Altoona and Asheville, Pennsylvania. She's also known as the Wapsie Road Ghost, although some local historians debate whether these roads share the same spirit, or do each have an apparition of their own. Women in white, Midnight Mary, lonely roads all over, not just the United States, but other parts of the world have their own legends of a young woman in a pale dress, wandering dimly lit roads in the middle of the night, searching for someone to give them a ride, sometimes searching for their true love. They hitch a ride either because an unsuspecting motorist believes they're human beings in need of assistance, someone stops to pick them up, or these figures mysteriously appear in someone's car uninvited. These forlorn ladies are doomed to roam the roadways for all eternity, unless one day their beloved returns. 
In the spirit of Valentine's Day, a holiday designed to celebrate romantic love, I'd like to throw a little horror into the mix and bring you stories of a few romances that ended with at least one partner tethered to this mortal coil in the form of a woman in white. And in some cases, the history behind these lovelorn hauntings. Don't you celebrate Valentine's Day with ghost stories? I'm Dina Marie, your host on this week's Twisted Journey. Welcome to Twisted Philly. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome Welcome to to Twisted Philly. Philly. On February 11, 1938, a headline on the front page of the Altoona Tribune newspaper read, The Ghost Goes West, an Altoona Man After It. But he says it wasn't a ghost. Buckhorn Youth sees it. According to Anthony Condren, an Altoona, Pennsylvania resident, the night before, he not only saw the woman in white who'd been seen along the Buckhorn Road near the areas of Coupon and Asheville, but he got out of his car and chased her. Earlier that week, Anthony and some family friends drove out in search of the ghost of Buckhorn Road. He saw what he claimed wasn't a ghost, but an actual girl wearing a white dress. The young woman walked towards the driver's side of his car, then she turned and ran, which prompted Anthony to jump out and chase after her. He wasn't able to catch her, although he told the Tribune he was a good sprinter, but this woman, she was just too fast for him. Anthony Condren wasn't the only person to go hunting for the woman in white who roamed Buckhorn Road. Apparently, that week in February 1938 was filled with people from the area around Altoona, which is a little less than two hours east of Pittsburgh, and they were all out searching for this ghost. A man in Patton, Pennsylvania, about 15 miles northwest of where most of these sightings occurred, claimed he picked up a young woman who then disappeared before his eyes while riding in his car. Unlike Anthony Condren, this witness wished to remain anonymous. Stories of the woman in white along Buckhorn Road flooded a local tavern. Two men raced into the bar one night in early February 1938. The waitresses there said they looked like ghosts themselves. These men were so scared by what they'd seen when they went out into the night searching for the young woman's spirit that wandered those mountain roads. Their encounter with this ghost apparently left such an impact on them, they weren't comfortable leaving their house in the daylight, let alone leaving after dark. A woman claimed to have seen the same apparition, and in her case, she believed it was a ghost, not a human being. She and her husband drove from Asheville to Altoona and picked up a young woman in a white dress. This woman handed the driver an envelope with a name and address printed on the front. They never made it to the address because the young woman disappeared, which caused the driver's wife to faint. It seems like ghost hysteria captured the communities around Altoona, Pennsylvania in the late 1930s. Dozens of residents came forward with stories of the woman in white on Buckhorn Road. Even letters to the editor in the Altoona Tribune supported a belief in the supernatural. One writer, who called themselves Raven, said some people are actually ridiculing the idea that Altoona could be having a ghost. 
Well, Germany has a fairy ruling her destinies. Why couldn't Altoona have a ghost? Tis only the mind that makes things impossible. If Altoonans say they have a ghost, then they have a ghost. You wouldn't take candy from a baby, or would you? Then why take a belief in ghosts from certain adults? Local police tried to interview many of the witnesses of the woman in white. It was tough because so many people refused to provide their names or addresses. There were very few verified reports beyond Anthony Condren's experience, and his statements didn't support anything paranormal. He believed the woman he saw was a living woman. There's an origin story for this particular woman in white, which dates back more than 100 years. It's a familiar story. Young lovers, parents who are against their union, the two elope against the wishes of their parents. In this case, a young man and woman fled her father. They drove high up into the Buckhorn Mountain. Her father chased after them. In their haste to escape along the winding mountain roads, the young man missed a hairpin turn, and their car plummeted off a cliff. Although the couple lost their lives, the woman is the only one seen haunting the areas around Buckhorn Road. There's another possibility about this woman's identity, although it's hard to confirm. According to the story in the Altoona Tribune about the husband and wife who gave a lift to a young woman on the side of the road, and after getting into the car, she handed them an envelope with an address. It's reported someone once lived at that address who resembled the woman in white. This young woman was killed in a car accident a few years before the sightings in 1938, but no name or address was given to verify what was written on that envelope. In reality, the identity of the woman in white on Buckhorn Road was uncovered on February 17, 1938, when two men, their wives, and another family member drove down Buckhorn Mountain and saw something terrifying flying above their car. After all the recent press about the woman in white, they thought for sure it was her ghost. They tried to hightail it out of there, but something crashed into their car. The woman in white, which was actually a woman in a red dress that was so faded, it appeared to be almost white. And it wasn't really a woman. It was a scarecrow draped in an old dress and gloves, which someone strung up above the road by a rope tied high between two trees. The men gathered up the scarecrow, and they drove it to the police station where they entrusted it to the care of the local lieutenant. Knowing the truth about the woman in white on Buckhorn Road hasn't stopped the sightings. Reports have continued, although I was hard-pressed to find anything more recent than about 30 or 40 years ago. The location of these sightings has changed, too. They've moved a little further north to an area called Wapsononic, although it isn't much more than a mile or two away. And some say this ghost carries a lantern now to guide her way. Whether this is the spirit of a young woman who died in a crash with her husband, as the folklore would have us believe, or she was an Altoona resident, also a victim to a car accident in the 1920s or 30s, I really can't say. Were all the sightings in 1938 attributed to that scarecrow rigged above a mountain road? Or did the residents in this community see a ghostly figure of a young woman? wandering Buckhorn Mountain in search of a ride. Summit Cut Bridge on Shenango Road runs through an area in western Pennsylvania called Beaver County. It's about 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. This bridge isn't very big. It looks more like an overpass than what comes to my mind when I hear the word bridge. Today, it's a basic, modern stretch of concrete high above the Penn Central Railroad tracks, and it joins Shenango and Ashwood roads. 
There's nothing eerie or haunted in appearance about this bridge, but many years ago it was smaller, narrower, and it was the site of numerous tragedies. Summit Cut Bridge was closed in September 1970. The Public Utility Commission determined it was hazardous and required reconstruction. It took more than five years and a half million dollars to widen and modernize the stretch of road that runs over 75 feet above a railroad. The bridge may have changed, but the legends stayed the same. Sightings of a woman in white. Nearby residents and motorists driving along Shenango Road report seeing a pale woman in a white dress, walking up and down the bridge. Unlike the stories from Buckhorn Road, this woman never gets into anyone's car. She walks the bridge as a sign of warning because of the bridge's dangerous history. Or does she? Some people believe the woman in white seen on the Summit Cut Bridge actually haunts the area to scare drivers and send them to the same fate she suffered. There are reports the woman in white walks along the railroad tracks below the bridge. Drivers see her off in the distance, and as they turn their head to get a better look, they take their eyes off the road, risking their own lives on what was once a treacherous bridge. The Summit Cut Bridge was built in 1890 to reconnect the surrounding communities that were separated by the Penn Central Railroad. Something created to bring people together quickly developed a reputation for devastation and chaos. The first casualties occurred while the bridge was still under construction. A few workmen lost their lives building the bridge, which was initially 110 feet long, yet just 14 feet wide. A few years later, in 1894, a woman named Josephine Cox was thrown from her carriage crossing the bridge, author of Haunted Roads of Western Pennsylvania. It's believed Josephine's horse was startled by the whistle of a train passing below the bridge. She lost control of her carriage and was thrown so fiercely from her ride while crossing the bridge that she fell to her death on the train tracks. It's possible the woman in white seen walking the Summit Cut Bridge is Josephine Cox. Or it could be Mabel Freed. According to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mabel and her friend William Frethy died when their car crashed through the guardrail on Summit Cut Bridge on April 5th back in 1937. William was behind the wheel when the car went off the bridge. Both Mabel and William died when the car crashed into the train tracks 75 feet below. The emergency personnel had to carry Mabel and William on stretchers for a half mile to get to the ambulances. Because of the steep, wooded hills on either side of the tracks, there was no way for ambulances to get to them, and it likely wouldn't have made a difference. Mabel Freed and William Frethy died instantly. On May 1st, 1950, Mrs. Carl Gregg died after falling from the Summit Cut Bridge. She suffered chronic health issues for more than a decade, and it was suspected she died as a result of suicide. Although the report in the Newcastle News in Newcastle County, Pennsylvania, didn't reference that as her specific cause of death, locals and historians believe her fall was intentional. Two years later, in 1952, Mr. and Mrs. Clarence Alt were killed when he lost control of their car after turning onto the bridge. 
it was reported their car destroyed 30 feet of guardrail when it went over the side. Three years later, the bridge was widened from 14 to 20 feet. And then, as I mentioned earlier, it was completely renovated in the early 1970s. Locals believe there may be more than a dozen people who lost their life because of the Summit Cut Bridge. The last tragic accident I found was the Alts in 1952. Even with the expansion in 1955, the bridge was still considered hazardous for another 20 years. And one of the hazards is the pale figure of a woman signaling to unsuspecting drivers along Shenango Road as they cross the Summit Cut Bridge. Is she waving a warning at them? Or is she calling them with her outstretched hand, beckoning them to join her in the valley below? The Black Bass Inn sits on the bank of the Delaware River in Lumberville, Pennsylvania, up in Bucks County. It's about an hour north of Philadelphia. The inn is 280 years old. Over that time, it's changed hands and changed names. Unlike so many inns all over the Philadelphia suburbs, this is one spot that can't say George Washington slept here. Although the inn is less than 15 miles from where Washington and his men crossed the Delaware River into Trenton the day after Christmas back in 1776, when he tried to stay at this inn, he was turned away by the owner because he was a British sympathizer. For about 12 years, the Black Bass Inn has been owned by the Thompson family. They purchased it at an auction in 2008. This family has completely restored the inn to its original charm and style, They work inside and out to preserve the history, not just of the buildings, but the land around the inn. They've preserved close to a 1,000 acres in Bucks County. The inn features eight guest suites with private bathrooms, and that's important because at one time there were 11 rooms, and only four of them had a private bathroom. Most rooms have balconies overlooking the Delaware River. The view is spectacular. The inn is filled with remarkable antiques. You've got the quaint village of Lumberville just outside, New Hope is just a few miles away, and the food at the inn is five-star. It's a fantastic place for a weekend getaway, or if you want to enjoy a meal along the river at sunset, as long as you don't mind sharing your room with a woman in white. Guests at the Black Bass Inn have reported seeing a woman in white wandering the halls in the hotel. This woman doesn't just roam the property. She's also surprised overnight guests who found her sitting in a chair in their room, holding a pearl-handled revolver. According to local legends, this is the spirit of a woman who discovered her husband and his mistress in one of the rooms in the inn long before it became the Black Bass. The revolver in her hand is the same one she used to kill both her cheating husband and his paramour before turning the gun on herself and taking her own life. This one is truly a legend for now, as I haven't been able to uncover any history behind this story. I can't tell you who this woman may have been or when she stayed at the inn. Only that numerous guests claim to have seen this woman either in their room or wandering the Black Bass Inn. We're going to stay in Bucks County for our next story. There's a legend of a young woman wandering Bordentown Road in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Unlike the traditional stories of a woman in white... This ghost of a young woman is seen wearing pink. According to a local truck driver, one night he offered a ride to a woman on Bordentown Road. 
She seemed lost in the dark. She was young. Her soft pink dress appeared old-fashioned, not something young women wore at the time. She was very much out of place, not just because of her clothing, but her quiet demeanor. She didn't speak. She didn't utter one word during the ride with this truck driver. After a while, he turned to face his young companion, and she disappeared. But she'd left something behind. There was a puddle on the passenger seat where this young woman sat only moments before. Now, this man claimed he reported what happened to the local police department. Whether they believed him or not is a different story, and I wasn't able to find any documents that prove this man's account. Can't find any police reports or even news articles. But clearly, this young woman had to have been a ghost. She was out alone on a dark road late at night, wandering as if she was lost or waiting for a ride. She got in the truck, then disappeared before the driver's eyes. And what sort of a ghost leaves a puddle in their absence? Perhaps it's the ghost of a young woman who drowned. People believe this is the ghost of Gertrude Spring, who drowned in Van Skyver Lake under the Bordentown Road Bridge in 1935. According to local legends, Gertrude was out on a date, riding in a car with her beau. The young man lost control of the car, it veered off the bridge, and plunged into the lake. Both Gertrude and her young man drowned. Rescuers managed to recover his body and his car. But the body of Gertrude Spring was never found. Gertrude is often referred to as the lady in the lake because of her manner of death. Her ghost is seen wandering the bridge on Bordentown Road wearing a long pink dress. Her spirit seems disoriented, as if she's lost. Whenever someone mistakes her for a living person and offers her a ride, she accepts, just like the truck driver who told police about his experiences with Gertrude. She never speaks, and there's lake water on the seat where Gertrude's spirit rode as a passenger. The legend of the woman in white on Bordentown Road is like Whisper Down the Lane. It started in truth, but was told so many times the story became distorted, elements were changed, until eventually the name of an actual person was associated with a missing girl and a ghost rider. Gertrude Spring was born in 1909, and she did die in 1935 at the age of 26. She did not die in the lake near Bordentown Road, although she did endure a horrible car accident with her boyfriend William Badgley. Gertrude suffered a skull fracture and died as a result of her injuries on May 30th. They were returning to Bristol after attending the Devon Horse Show in Chester County about an hour away when William missed a turn and they crashed head-on into a tree. Gertrude's body wasn't ever missing. It's actually buried in St. James Cemetery in Bristol, Pennsylvania, along with other members of her family. Gertrude received a full church service. Both the accident that took her life and that of her friend William Badgley, as well as her funeral, were reported not just in local papers, but other parts of Pennsylvania and even out of state. The Evening Sun, a paper in Baltimore, Maryland, printed a photograph of the car, and it's just devastating. It's clear looking at that photo, no one could have survived the crash on Bristol Pike that night. According to the Bristol Daily Courier, her funeral was hosted at her parents' home on June 3rd in 1935. Gertrude was called a well-known and much-revered member of Bristol's younger set. She was buried in a powder blue, not pink, silk dress with a bouquet of small white flowers in her hand. Gertrude Spring was a well-educated young woman. She attended a prep school in Maryland, 
graduated from a private high school in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania in Delaware County, and attended William and Mary College. She had the ill fortune of losing her life unexpectedly in a horrible accident. In the years since her passing, the story of her untimely death was woven into something different to support the legend of a woman in a pink dress along Bordentown Road in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and the story of a ghostly young woman searching for a ride, hoping to find her true love after 85 years. Each of these stories has their own unique haunted perspective, yet there's common threads among them. A young woman meets an untimely death, she longs for a love that was lost at the same time, or her spirit is trying to return to loved ones back home. As always, thank you for listening. That's it from me. Ciao for now, Twisters.